Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching The Ryan and Rush Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you in to another edition of The Ryan and Rush Show, your source for West Virginia sports. On today's episode, we're giving you West Virginia football camp updates. But before we begin... The gift that keeps on giving, that keeps on giving. Conference realignment, especially the Big 12, apparently now the most stable conference. Um, Ryan, we talked about on last episode, the other three schools joining and kind of their fit and kind of just the overall picture of the new Big 16, the Sweet 16, the Truck Stop Conference, the Great American Conference. A lot of you guys left some awesome comments on what the conference should be called. We'll call it the new Big 12 for now. Um, But this episode kind of want to focus on some of the great rivalries that are being renewed, some of the rivalries that are staying, some of the rivalries that are coming in. And unfortunately, we're losing a couple of rivalries, but those schools did it to themselves. And that hopefully mm-hmm. the door doesn't hit them on the way out type of thing. So before we begin, Ryan, um, this will be the last year of Bedlam, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma, at least from them both being in the Big 12. It'll also be the last year of Red River, um, and then, of course, you know, the Texas versus Texas Tech, uh, basically Texas versus any schools, uh, a type of rivalry. Um, going kind of into this last year, Ryan, and, and the rivalries that we will have for one more year, um, thoughts, emotions, wh- how do you think it's all going to go down? Uh, well, I, I think you're going to see Texas and Oklahoma. They're both really projected high in the standings, but I think that people aren't taking enough into account that they're going to take everybody's best shot on the way out. Um, we saw it last year with Oklahoma, their final trip in Morgantown. We really had that circle, got it done. We beat Texas uh, their, their last time coming to Morgantown. I think all these schools that draw Texas and Oklahoma on the schedule, especially the ones that are – and the retaining eight, I guess, is what we'll call it, um, especially the Texas schools, the Texas Techs, the TCUs, the Baylors, and Oklahoma States. When they draw Texas and Oklahoma, they're really going to have some extra juice for that game. Yeah, we're losing the Red River shootout and uh, uh, also Bedlam, but we're also gaining some really good rivalries, and I think we also have a chance to renew some good old rivalries that are kind of more under the radar and potentially open up some new doors for some rivalries as well. Hello, Rambling Rush here, and we'll take you back to your episode momentarily. The Ryan and Rush Show is on its way to monetization, and we need your help. Please subscribe to our show if you haven't yet, and let your friends know all about it. The Ryan and Rush Show is your source for West Virginia sports, and our goal is to make this our full-time job and to give you the best news and analysis available. Again, that's The Ryan and Rush Show. Please subscribe today and share with all your friends. Now back to the episode. And as we start to talk about some of these new rivalries, the Holy War definitely being the biggest one that enters. And thank God, literally, that that is back uh, and that (laughs) BYU and Utah are competing every year. Uh, As someone that was born in the state of Utah, the whole state would shut down every time those guys would play each other. That rivalry has ripple effects all the way across um, the United States, especially with BYU being such the national brand it is. So the fact that we get that back definitely starts to replace a Bedlam or um, the Red River rivalry. Also, we get not as big, but hey, we do get we always like the in-state, the regional stuff. We get the duel in the desert with Arizona and Arizona State going against each other. And then, of course, um, talking about it with the old Colorado 
and and Kansas State. Uh, I guess they get they don't have an official rivalry, but that's an old Big Eight uh, rivalry, and you know they've had some great showdowns over the years. So those are three definitely fantastic rivalries that are coming back to or coming to the Big Twelve Conference. Yeah, and and I think Colorado and Nebraska, and we'll see this week too, is like the main rivalry that was back in the day that they hated each other and they both were really good at the same time. But Colorado and Kansas State were right there as well in terms of just under the radar with Bill Snyder's teams, Colorado going on their run in the 90s with the national championship. But I also – and then also with Colorado hooking up with Iowa State, Oklahoma State, some older rivalries that were already established in the Big Eight, Big Eight and Big 12 – and I, I'll be honest, I knew that BYU and Utah was a good rivalry, a really good rivalry. Whenever I watched the games, it was must-watch TV. Usually it was in that 10 o'clock window that you like to refer to as the best window in college football. But I just watched it because it was an electric crowd. I didn't realize how much they hated each other until mm-hmm. about this last calendar year. I mean, th- I feel like this rivalry is at peak form, and they haven't even played on the field yet in the Big 12. So, yeah, the Holy War is definitely going to be at the top of my list. Um, until hopefully we get the backyard brawl. But yes, the Holy War right now is the top of the Big 12. Yeah, me. the Holy War right now until 2024 has become a Twitter war. And it's, there's a lot going on right now. Those They do not like it. And Utah fans have been stubborn as well. Hell, this is why we're talking about the Holy yeah. War. Um, Obviously, some great rivalries that remain in the Big 12. Um, We got Farmageddon, of course, Kansas State versus Iowa State, the battle for corn. Um, Baylor versus TCU doesn't have a name, but one of those old Southwest rivalries, uh, the saddle trophy with TCU and tech, uh, Texas tech, uh, the sunflower showdown, uh, and that's Kansas versus Kansas state. Um, of course we talked about Colorado and Kansas state going back at it again, which will be great. Uh, the rumble in the Rockies, which a little controversial, if that is a rivalry or not, I know that's something maybe the PAC 12 tried to. To, to, to bring about uh, maybe you could even throw Utah in there for a three-way type of rivalry um, a rivalry that that we're excited about or kind of when you start to put West Virginia in terms of rivalry is getting that old Big East rivalry we had with Cincinnati in there and it's too bad when it comes to basketball that we won't see Hogs coaching against Cincinnati but is what it is at that point and then of course got to have a little fun with this we, we would always go back and forth with with Texas Tech uh, for the battle of John Denver, but I think we definitely need to make that a three-way between Colorado, uh, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Winner of that gets the the fourth corner of the four corner schools, New Mexico, <laughs> um, and you can make it like the Commanders and Chiefs trophy, where they all play each other every year. Whoever win, who whatever school beats both of them gets it, uh, and if they all beat each other, the previous team retains it. So. A lot of potential rivalries that could come out of this. A lot of great rivalries that remain, Ryan. And like we talked about with, with the Holy War and Duel in the Desert, hey, bring in a couple, well, great in terms of the Holy War, and then a good one uh, back into the Big 12. And I think you look also uh, two schools that we didn't even mention, Houston and UCF. They are newcomers. They don't really have established rivals. I think Houston has a chance to renew, maybe develop some rivalries with the Baylors, the TCUs, the Texas Techs, because they're all in Texas. We'll, we'll see what happens with UCF if they can develop. I mean, they have a passionate fan base on social media, as we've seen. So maybe they're able to develop it. 
From the West Virginia side of things, yeah, that rivalry with Cincinnati was really good in the Big East when both were around the top 10 um, in the country in multiple years of the Pat White, Steve Sladen era. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting that back. And and, and I think also whoever is good at the time, it starts in, and there's high stakes in these games. It, that's what really develops the rivalries down the road. But, yeah, no, a lot of potential for some really good rivalries. And, of course, We'll see what happens with the expansion if we add a couple other teams, especially from the West Virginia side of things, of old rivals into this new big 12-16, whatever you want to call it. And the basketball one we have coming up is going to be Arizona-Kansas. Looking forward to those matchups down the road. A couple other uh, made-up bowls we'll throw out there. Might be a little temporary, but you could have the Dana-Bolgerson this year, West Virginia versus Houston. Uh, That game down in Houston. And then, hey, you could have another three-way with Houston, UCF, Cincy, the battle for the old American or the American. Or, hell, with Houston and UCF, you could have the battle for the Gulf of Mexico. The great thing about this Big 12, it's, you know, we all love each other right now. We're all supporting each other. We're so happy with this conference and the way it turned out. And, Ryan, we've talked about it a million times. It feels good to be on the right side of history. It feels good to be in a conference that wants us. And it just feels good to be where we are uh, in 2030 when almost every conference's media rights are up. And it's going to be absolutely insane, especially compared to now. We'll see what happens then. Uh, but until that point, I feel like we can almost look at any any team uh, in, in this conference and say, oh, that's a rivalry. I mean, even put Oklahoma State and Iowa State, those games. Those games are insane. And especially now that Oklahoma State's losing Oklahoma, watch out for that to become you know, uh, something right there as well. So I, I think this is just a testament to, to the work um, Bowlesby and then um, your mark have done to, to pivot off of the Texas, Oklahoma and really solidify this conference and really make it to the point where just put two teams together. We'll make up some trophy. We'll make up some correlation and let them play. Yeah, like I said, if you're at the top of the conference, it it gives you an opportunity to develop some rivalries. Oklahoma State's going to be looking for a premier rival with Bedlam gone. Uh, Texas Tech's got it with TCU and Baylor a little bit, but, I mean, there's still potential to develop some other ones. And like I said, UCF, we'll see what happens. If they get really, really good, and they're killing it right now on the recruiting front. They got the number one class by far in 2024 in the Big 12. A lot of it because they got that Big 12 brand and money behind them. So we'll see if they end up being the premier uh, school in Florida going forward. UCF might be the one. It's like, why did we add a Florida school? <laughs> they're they're going to they're gonna be like, know. oh, know. gosh, we got to go to UCF now. Which, hey, good for them. That That's how it could be. I mean, they're using all their resources. And we've talked about this on other platforms. Hell, we talked about on this platform that they end up could becoming the premier Florida football school, which which would be incredible. We're seeing it in other states like Virginia, for example, where the Virginia Tech UVAs are kind of on their way out and the Liberties, Old Dominions, James Madison's are on their way up. So it goes to show you, you know, learn from the Pac-12 and kind of what the ACC is doing. You start becoming complacent as a conference or as a school, you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to start seeing yourself behind. And that's something, as we talked about, at least until the next media deal, that the Big 12 has is, is done a good job of pivoting and, and shifting off and um, moving forward. So excited to see what's coming in 2024. However, we still have a 2023 season, Ryan. Uh, kickoff mm-hmm. is less 
than a month away. Isn't that incredible? You know, Labor, uh, excuse me, Memorial Thank Day God. comes every year. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready for some football. Um, September 2nd, we're, of course, playing Penn State at Penn State, 7.30 on NBC. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you saw, but some interesting uh, quarterback rankings came out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm puzzled, but I'm puzzled by this one. Yeah, uh, so what you're referring to, I'm sure, is the same one I was reading uh, on my morning workout, I saw 24-7, which is a credible source, to be honest. I yeah. mean, they do a good job over there covering college football, but they released their Power 5 college football quarterback rankings. And I scroll through it, and I first thing, I see Qu- Quinn Ewers at number four, which I thought was a little high for Texas, but that's kind of been the common theme. Then I saw Will Howard at number nine, and then I keep scrolling down. I saw Jalen Daniels from Kansas at 17. I'm like, all right. Uh, we're going to just keep going down. And then you saw Dylan Gabriel at 23 at Oklahoma. I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then finally, I got to I got to 60, Oklahoma State, Alan Bowman, 61, Emory Jones. So I'm like, oh, I'm seeing all these Big 12 guys. Where is Garrett Green? So I keep going down and down and down, including Rocco Beck at Iowa State, who just got the job because of the gambling scandals ahead of Garrett Green. Garrett Green comes in at number 69, a.k.a. dead last among Power 5 schools. Wow. Uh, the disrespect for this program and Garrett Green is at another level headed into this season. He is not the worst Power 5 quarterback. Um, you got guys that haven't even played games yet ahead of him. But, hey, more bulletin board material. Uh, no kidding. We saw, the, we saw the video resurface, or not resurface, but surface at uh, training camp the other day. 14, man, add this Garrett Green can add the 69. That's all he's got to say because this is a really good bulletin board material for Garrett Green. So but, looking forward to seeing Garrett on the field this year. Well, if if I'm him or even Neil Brown, I am printing that out and I am duct taping that to my locker. And I stare at that every day. For him to be 69th, that's ridiculous. We saw what we, we did two years ago, went into Oklahoma and almost beat them, should have beat them. We We – the only time Even Oklahoma le- le- led that game. No, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. two years ago, the only time Oklahoma led that game was when they kicked the field goal at the end and it was double zeros. We beat Oklahoma last year. Yeah, it gets a little banged up against Oklahoma State. Still win that game. I mean, he is a dual threat quarterback. Watch. He's going to you know, look like he's going to be passing the ball and then he's going to go snap off 40, 50 yards down the field. The disrespect for for – that that's that's ridiculous. Honestly, I, I'm with you. 24/7 Sports they they do excellent work, especially you know the regional ones that where where they're more aware of kind of what's going on in the region. But but that's negligence. That that is that is negligence to have someone with at least game experience where he's won and a couple of those times been the reason that they won come in in bad situations and done some good work and you're gonna put him behind. Others that haven't even had a snap. Like, exactly. Everyone. Everyone. Who's the Vanderbilt quarterback? Like, you know Uh, what I'm saying? He's he's behind. So, remember Grant Wells? Yeah. Grant Wells from Virginia Tech. He's behind him. He's 68. You got the Minnesota quarterback who's never played it down. The Rutgers guy's never played it down. Oh, yeah. Virginia quarterback, Tony Who's the Northwestern quarterback after all that's going on? Uh, Ben Bryant, actually, he was the Cincinnati quarterback last year. Oh, he so, went from that's and, I remember and, him last and year. And he's not very good either. He lost so, against Arkansas. Yeah. 
he blew that game you know, you, against them. I know. And you know what it is, Rush? It's it, it's it, it's laziness uh, and just going along with the pub, public narrative that this is the worst team in the Power Five, which I think finally has gotten some pushback, and we were ahead of the curve on this. You don't have three potential all-league guys on the offensive line, and you finish dead last. So add this to the to the queue. I mean, we saw what, what, what Garrett Green did in his three starts at the end, beat both Oklahoma schools, and – uh, if it wasn't for a couple turnovers in the K-State game, maybe that would have been a game. But, I mean, they won the Big 12. So, yeah, uh, bulletin board material. Uh, it seems like it's about the 100th bulletin board material of this offseason. So this this group's got plenty to uh, label and, and prove the people wrong. Uh, good. Put us at 69th. What did Gino what? say last year? He didn't write back? <laughs> so wait, say that again? I said, what did Gino say after he beat uh, Russell Wilson on Monday night? I didn't write back. They wrote me uh, off. I didn't write back. Yeah, exactly. Same. same. Good. Good, Garrett Green. You got this, man. We're, we are in your corner. 100%. Well, obviously, because we're fans, but from this, like, that's just negligence. I'm almost speechless by that poll. It, it, that is, hey, we got him right where we want him, Ryan. When West Virginia is yep. the underdog. Yep. When we're the when we're the worst, when you know we have nothing to play for, and 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 everything's going downhill, we got him right where we want him. Now let's go out there and prove it. No doubt. And uh, a quick side note on on West Virginia football camp rush. I don't know if you saw this come across. They are now practicing in the mornings instead of the afternoons. The first time in five years during the Neil Brown era. Uh, he left it up to the players and it was a player's decision. So it kind of goes hand in hand with this is more of a veteran, a mature, experienced team that prefers to go in the mornings. And just from a coaching side of things, from when I was working with the basketball program, I always loved when we went in the mornings, especially before games, because of the recovery time mm-hmm. between the end of practice and the, the game the next day. So it just gets you off your feet and you, all your work's done by noon or lunchtime. And all you're worried about the rest of the day is uh, dinner and training table. And this has really become a common trend because of the increase online classes after COVID. So this is this is another positive that's with online classes. No, I, I like that. Get your circadian rhythms going. You know, we're, we're going to have, apparently since we're last in the Big 12, we're going to have a lot of uh, noon games. Noon games. So you're, you know, you get up and, you know, noon games, you're getting up at, you know, six, seven to start mentally preparing yourself. So if you're already doing that, your body's already in rhythm for that. Um, I hope they were practicing this morning because it was pouring outside. So you might as well start practicing with a little rain. Uh, Practice with some slippery footballs out there. So no, I, 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 that, that is a good thing. Uh, That is some good veteran led uh, thinking there uh, for, for morning practices. And then of course, you got the rest of the day to get right, recover. You can spend more time um, getting the things you need to get done and getting things off your plate and then get to bed at a good time and get back up and go again. So, yeah, it, I, I, I like that move by the hey, football team. You can do this when you got juniors and seniors, especially mm-hmm. on the offensive line. If you got freshmen and sophomores, you know what they want to do. They want to have a good time, maybe on high street. <laughs> but when you got the older guys in the room that – 
are leading this program, which is, it seems like there's the leadership is at a different level this year compared to previous years. Obviously still got to do it on the field and everybody's a good leader in training camp. It's when adversity hits, but it seems like this group has got a good head on its shoulders and ready to prove the doubters wrong, whether it's 14th in the preseason rankings or the 69th ranked quarterback at a 69 power five quarterback. There we go. Being led by the 69th best quarterback in the power five. Can't wait. Great number. We're ready to go. Subscribe to the Ryan and Rush show today. Our goal is 1,000 subscribers by the time West Virginia and Penn State kick off. So hit that subscribe button if you get a chance. Listen to Coach Don Nealon in the beginning. We love you all. We're not going to be last. We promise you that. And go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers.